You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have an exciting guest today on the show. Today's guest is an individual who delivers a new sound called Jospel, a combination of jazz and gospel music. His music has been featured throughout Illinois and internationally with appearances in Nigeria, Liberia, Panama, Trinidad, Tobago, and as a maestro of music, his accomplishments has allowed his audiences to enjoy and experience the sound of this music. Here is a sneak peek of his musical talent. You guys got to get ready, get ready to get inspired by some good music on today. That was the music of Timothy D. Walker, the gospel, gospel artist. And, you know, Timothy, let's welcome to the show. First of all, welcome. Thank you for having me. You know what? Let's get a little bit into the backstory of how and when, first of all, that you got into music. I know you had a history in North Carolina which is some good music there, but give us a little backstory of how you got into music and specifically this particular type of music, the gospel music, as we call it. Well, I started playing piano at the age of 12, started with piano lessons. And then when I got into high school, um, well, I was in art class and I wasn't very good in art class and the last day of... <laughs> a band recruitment, the band director was running through the school saying you can join the band. And so I joined the band. Um, and when I joined the band, I started out on flute, then he put me on sax and the rest has been history. And so wow. uh, growing up in the church and uh, Great Harvest Mission Baptist Church, and at the same time, my uh, band instructor was a major jazz genius, uh, the mm. late Willie Pickens. And mm. my choir director at Great Harvard was a, a genius, a gospel genius, Dr. Robert E. Wooten. So uh, having that, that background of jazz and gospel, then mm. I combined the sounds, having been to believe and have accepted the Lord as my savior, but I still wanted to be able to tap into that audience yes. uh, that I can minister to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so I come up with the gospel sound. And matter of fact, when in college for my senior recital uh, down in North Carolina, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, my last song I did on my senior recital was a song that was gospel slash jazz with background singers. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So it was it was very interesting. So that's how I actually came up with that sound. 
It's interesting because you said you weren't good in art and then you just found your way to into music. And a lot of times people today, they don't know what their niche is. They're trying different things, trying to find out what is it I'm supposed to do? What do I like? And uh, it's really interesting that you kind of stumbled into something that turned out to be really a gifting for you because yeah. your music is not just jazz music or, or gospel music. You've combined something and, and embellished a new sound, which we call gospel. And so it turned into, you tried to kind of tapped into a gift. So I'm kind of glad you didn't get into art because we would be seeing maybe Picassos or cartoons or whatever other kind of art that you can get into. But this gives us a rich flavor that really both audiences can enjoy the jazz audience and the gospel. And uh, so I, I'm really, really excited about that. Now, you mentioned Willie Pickens. Tell us a little bit about how he influenced your music and this great artist and this great um, you know, individual. Sure. Well, Willie Pickens is a major piano virtuoso jazz, played with all the jazz great Sonny Rollins, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, uh, you name them. He played Miles Davis. He played with mm -hmm. all the jazz greats. And all the jazz greats known Marcellus. He played with them on Marcellus. He, um, so when I got into band, uh, it, it, it just, music kind of uh, took over me. And mm -hmm. as a result, I was very so interested. One thing, he gave me a challenge one year over the summer to learn all my major scales. That was the challenge he gave me to mm. learn. So I took my horn and over the summer, I learned my major scales. When I got back, he was so impressed that uh, he just started pouring information into music mm. theory, jazz theory, how to improvise, all that. He was pouring that stuff into me and he made me the student director of the, of the band. Mm. And then eventually he just took me home like his own son. Wow. We get into college. So he poured so much down into me uh, and, and gave me so much that I, you know, not only just music, but like a lot of life skills, a lot of life lessons that mm -hmm. he poured into me, which was really good because my father was not in the home. So he wow. kind of took me under his wings. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how his uh, part of his influence or great big part of his influence. And like I'm part of the family today. Wow. So he's this, he's, you see, she's passed away and his wife passed away, but they all, they took me in as a son and his daughter now is a jazz musician. Uh, and uh, she's playing on one of my, one of my um, tracks too, Bethany Pickens. Wow. You know, would you say, because I know that you're an instructor in the Chicago public school system, would you say that his influence helped influence you to be the instructor that you are? Because I know that you care a great deal about your students. Um, I know some of it is virtual, some of it is in class, you know, with the schedule that you have now because of the pandemic. But you you really have a heart for making sure that these kids get the music and get the message and, and the love for music with all of these different type of instruments. Has he played a would you say his teaching style or tutelage kind of spilled over into you in that? Not just your learning, your ability to play the instrument, but also in the way you teach it and bring it out to other students. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, actually, uh, my high school, Phillips High School, which is where I met Mr. Pickens, is where I graduated from when I got out of college. I went back and taught there. My first big teaching position was there at Phillips for nine mm -hmm. years. Okay. That his 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 influence had a great uh, you know effect on me and my teaching style and the, my, one of my uh, main philosophies of teaching is that uh, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. I go into my room 
with a attitude. Look, I'm here to help you. I'm here to teach you and I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to push you to get 100% because you can get 100% regardless of what anybody else says. And so that's one of my, uh, one of my philosophies, one of my, I guess you could say, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, of how I teach. Well, you know, it's interesting because it's not that you just teach music or that you, you know, you did this in high school where you were growing up and put the instrument down or something like that, but you kept going and you actually took that out into the field, so to speak, with your own band, creating your own band. You know, let's talk about that a little bit, because a lot of times teachers may love math. They may love a certain subject or people may have a hobby, something that they love to do. But right. to take it out uh, out of the classroom or to take it out into the world to show other people, let other people experience your gifting. A lot of people don't get that far. You know, they just take it and keep it. But you took your love for music. You know, you have a band. And now you're doing something that a lot of people don't have the courage to do, which is get out there with your music and put it out for the world to enjoy. You know, right. talk a little bit about your your band. Well, it's funny you asked about the band. Uh, for a while, about 10 years or so, um, I took a, a leave of absence from Chicago Public School to go out with my music, go out and uh, spread the word through the music. And so one of the guys that I, no, who teaches with CPS said to me, now that you're out, what are you going to do? You, you need a band. I said, well, I guess I guess I should have a band. I said, I, I got to pull some people together. He said, well, I'll be your keyboard player and we'll pull together some more people. And so we pulled together my son, who's a drummer, and uh, got a couple of guys played bass and we named the band On Stage. Mm. On Stage with the homegrown preacher. So wow. uh, I'm the band leader of the band. And so as a result, we've done gospel and then we do other, uh, we've done weddings and Mm -hmm. parties and anniversaries. So we do other genres also. And Mm -hmm. then everyone in the band is formally trained. Uh, Yeah, it's formally trained. And and so the the guys are just awesome. It's just awesome. It's an awesome group and it's an awesome um, experience. And so we spread that gospel message. Yeah here on the on the um, track you just played yeah it's it's really awesome because once you hear this band on stage they're off the chain because you could just walk into the room whether you're at a wedding or some type of reception or some type of event and hearing this band play i don't care where you are what culture you are it drives you it draws you in and you're just you know, kind of locked in on hearing all of these instruments. It's kind of funny when you said this person can play keyboard and this person can play drums and things like that. And speaking of drums, I know your son is in the band on stage and he plays the drums. Yes. He's yes. a phenomenal drummer as well. When you see his his entourage of drums all around him, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. But it's like somebody has a basketball, somebody knows a few friends, somebody has a gym. And then say, hey, let's get together and make a tournament. You know, you guys said somebody could play this instrument, another person play a different one. And you guys got together and formed this awesome group called Unstage. And I'm telling you, they are phenomenal. They've been all over in different places playing around the world. But let me ask you a question. We're going to take a a quick commercial break. But I want to ask you a question. Um, What was it like to coordinate music for like the weekly forums that you used to do in the national conventions for the Rainbow Push Coalition under Reverend Jesse Jesse Jackson Sr. What was that like? And then we'll take a break. Oh, and you know what? That was one of my most exciting jobs that I had. I worked uh, under him for three years. 
as a music director for Rainbow Push. And so, uh, and then and then, then I had a, even a bigger band. They had a guitar, bass player, horn players, organ, drums, everything. And so preparing the music uh, for him uh, was a challenge in that the type of things he likes and what he wants to hear mm -hmm. uh, was a challenge in that, but it's a combination. It was a combination of inspirational, gospel, R&B, mm -hmm. jazz, even some classical. Wow. It yeah, depend on the situation. And so uh, as a result of that, I was able to put together, I had a 20 voice choir at about an eight piece band and we uh, prepared music for every Saturday. And then if there was a special event, like he would do, they would do giveaways during Christmas. And so we had to have music for that music for Thanksgiving, music for Black History Month. Uh, wow. Music, right, music for the convention. And then mm -hmm. there was a big gospel gala that he would do. And I would put the choir together, working with uh, the late uh, Reverend Clay Evans and mm -hmm. uh, all of them putting together this whole big, so it was it was a real big situation. Wow. We, really, we covered the Canada uh, with the Push Choir. We were all in Detroit. We were all in, in down in Knoxville. We were all over the place. So it was a real big, but it was a very, uh, very exciting uh, situation. Wow. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. We're talking to Timothy D. Walker, the horn blowing preacher. Get back out there in style when you shop at It Is Amazing Boutique. We have all the deals and steals you need for your next night out. Find upscale clothing and accessories for women, men, and children at affordable prices. For more information, visit our website at www.itisamazing.biz or call us at 815-582-4995. That's 815-582-4995. We're talking to the maestro of music himself, Dr. and Pastor Timothy D. Walker. I said doctor because he is a doctor of music. When he walks in the room, he's doing surgery on those instruments and surgery on the on the notes because he knows how to go from the bottom to the top. I mean, he can really um, get your feet to tapping, your hands to clapping. You want to wave them in the air. Uh, he's awesome. This maestro has traveled all around the world. Like I said, uh, Nigeria, Panama, Trinidad, Tobago, Nigeria, with the gospel music and that's a combination of jazz and gospel and uh like i said it's it's his his name of his group is called unstage and you can be able to look them up and uh, he's played for a lot of different political people and churches and weddings all over the place the horn blowing preacher because he not only plays instruments and is a maestro of music, but he's also a pastor. So we're going to talk a little bit about New Life Ministry in Chicago. Awesome place. I've been there before. Love the ministry. Love the pastors there. Um, you guys are spreading the gospel message of Jesus Christ through music and preaching. How do you, Pastor, juggle both of those? Because you have this career where you're on stage, you know, playing the music and instruments traveling, but then yet you're preaching the gospel as well. How do you juggle the both of those things? Well, I don't see them as both. Okay. I see them as one. Mm. It's all part of the ministry. The mm. ministry that God called me to is an umbrella. And under that umbrella is preaching. Under that umbrella is music. So I have two components that are balanced out that makes me the horn-blown preacher. Not mm. just preaching, not just music, but it's a combination. 
I'm almost like a modern day David. <laughs> I love that. Love that. And yeah. actually, he can play to the perk, but you're like, okay, it's getting hot in here. Let me get a fan because that music heats you up. It does reach the soul. You're absolutely right. And for those that don't know about that and his musical, explain a little bit of that on the biblical side so that our audience can understand a little bit of how what happened when David played music. Yeah, well, David, who was actually a shepherd boy, God sent Samuel there and he got ordained. You have to read the scripture. You find all information in 1 Samuel. But David uh, was anointed by God to play, mm. uh, play the heart, play the psaltery. So David played so well that the evil spirits that was in King Saul, when David would play, they would run out. The evil mm. spirits run out when David would play. So not only did David play, but David set up, and I don't know if any people are really familiar with this, familiar with this, but David set up the worship for the Old Testament church. He set mm. the worship up for the temple. Not only did he set the worship up, but David also made instruments. Wow. Made instruments, David mm. did. And so, and so as the king, he was a king also. So here, here we have the king. We have the psalmist. We have the prophet, mm. David, with all of those, all of those. And he was so great in the eyes of God that God promised that he was establish his kingdom upon the kingdom of David. And mm. he kept that promise and kept that promise. And so uh, that's who David was. Mm. After God's own heart. Mm. The man after God's own heart. And even though David had some ups and some downs, as we all do, Yes. He had some, some situations, as we all have. Mm -hmm. But David was so sincere with God mm -hmm. that in spite of all the situations and the problems that he went through and the, the mistakes that he made and the shortcomings he made, mm -hmm. in spite of all that, because of his sincerity with God, God was able to bless him and use him. And, and when he made a mistake, David just simply wrote about it, wrote a song and said, have mercy upon me, oh God. Wow. Go to the multitude of that tender mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. For against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. I'm not going to preach. but <laughs> Come on now. That's, a pre that's the preaching part of y'all. We had the music a little earlier. So that's the preaching side coming out. You know, do, do you miss, um, we're talking about music. Do you miss some of the traditional music that they used to play uh, back in the day in the church where the music had such a message that people literally did? Uh, come to the altar and and just really weep um, for a change and for transformation in their heart. Do you miss those days? I know it's not a lot of places that have that type of music anymore because a lot of the songs nowadays, um, you have a lot of older people that can sing a song and it's way, way back. And a lot of the newer generation have never heard of these, these songs. Do you miss the old, old gospel tunes? Well, see, I know you play some of those still. It's so funny you ask, because members of New Life Church laugh at me because I love traditional music. I okay. am, oh my God, I love traditional music. I miss it so much. But and what I've what I've discovered and the new sounds that's out are fine. Cause I got a new sound with Joshua. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's good. But I, I try to throw some traditional in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I found out that. Even with the young people, if you started playing one of those good old anointed traditional songs, it changes the atmosphere for everyone. Wow. Wow. In the traditional, I grew up in Greater Harvest Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. That's 
family church. And so nothing but music came out of there. And the traditional sound is one of the foundations of the music in that particular ministry. Mm. So now, I love tradition. Wow. Now, 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 with the contrast of that, you have the traditional. Then on the other hand, you have the rock, you have the hip hop, gospel music, you have all of these other forms. Are we getting a little lost with the actual message? Not just the music, but the message that's embedded within the music, because now to draw young people into the church, a lot of churches are trying to have all the, you know, flashing lights and every kind of instrument that you can hear. Um, are we kind of losing the message, do you think? I mean, in your opinion, I know the message is going to be the message, but a lot of times young people can't focus in on the actual message because they feel like they're at a rock concert or they, they, they you know, the hip hop gospel rap is so, you know, swaying to them until, they're into the sound. Are we losing the message because of the new styles? Well, see, yes and no. I would say yes, because there are some people, let me put it to, to you like this, Sister Sheila. If you're not doing it under the anointing of God, mm. and if you're doing it for entertainment, mm. the message is already lost. Okay, okay. See? Paul made it plain. He said, I'm not sufficient of myself to think anything of myself, but my sufficiency of God. And this is the part he said, who has made me an able minister of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Mm, mm, See? Mm. And so if, if you're not anointed, you've got people singing in the church that have not committed their life to the Lord and not saved. Mm. So, so you're going to lose the message in that sense. But on the other end, the Lord spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and said, listen, I got the church uh, in uh, uh, update mode mm -hmm. to this sense. See, my standards haven't changed. My message hasn't changed. But I have to update the church so we can win the souls for today. Mm. But the message is still the same. Yes. Those that are taking update and, and, and not giving the message, that's not what God is asking for. So he said, I had to restart the church like you have to restart a computer. When you update a computer, mm -hmm. you all the stuff, and they say, now, restart it. And once it's restarted, what you have updated begins to take effect in that computer. And you begin to see it in the computer. He said, that's what I'm doing with the church. But my message has not changed. I still require holiness. I still require that I'm Christ, the son of the living God. I still require that people accept me as their personal savior. I require that. That has not changed. But some people, with their update, have changed the message. Mm. And so that's why I say yes and no. Okay. You know? okay. That's why I say yes and no. So uh, if the anointing is not there, if the spirit of the Lord is not there, if you're doing it out of your own will, you're entertaining, and you're not presenting or ministering, it's gone. It's mm. gone. You get there because the spirit that should be there is not there. Wow. Wow. That sense. It does. It's like performance versus ministry. Some people maybe want to be seen because they feel they have a talent or something versus right. some people want to reach people exactly. and to be able to cause transformation and, and to feel a connection for them to feel a connection with yeah. God. So you're so right. And I love the fact that um, the music that we have can reach them, whether it's hip hop music or whether it's traditional, classical whatever it is, if that message is there and, and the person that's bringing it out, if they're the right motive and right. intention, 
um, they can get that message through and it can reach people. You know, um, there's something I want to ask you a question about. We're talking about music because um, we know that uh, Lucifer was 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 full of music, so to speak. Let's talk a little bit about that background. Where did music come from originally? And maybe that's why it became tainted. But what happened when that person um, what was he doing in heaven? Let's say it that way, as far as with music. Let's kind of go back a little bit and give people a little background from the pastor side of you. Um, what 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 was he doing up there in charge of all that music? Where did that begin and how did that happen? Okay, well, music was all in his loins, all in his being, all in him. He was the minister of music in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he was the minister of music. And so all the music that was going on with the angels singing and the musicians and everything, it, he was the one that had that music down. God, when he made him, he made music down in him. Mm -hmm. So it came out of him. And so what happened was he got caught up in pride. Mm -hmm. He got caught up in pride. I mean, he was beautiful. He was mm -hmm. a beautiful angel. He was beautiful. Mm -hmm. He got mm -hmm. caught up in pride and he was the morning star. Mm -hmm. When he got caught up in pride, he felt like, well, I need to be above God. Look at everybody love me because I'm the musician. That spirit, let me just take a pause here. That spirit a lot of times is in the church. Wow. Sisters, because of their music, it draw people. Then they get to the point where then maybe I should have the church. But people mm -hmm. see me, not the pastor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lucifer, that same spirit mm -hmm. that he has, he trickles it down sometimes to minister, music ministers in the church. It's bad. Wow. Wow. So he got beside himself. And when he got beside himself, he's going to exalt himself above the most high. Mm -hmm. I said, no, you're not. I'm, I'm going to exalt you down. I'm going to abase you down low. Mm -hmm. And the third of heaven down with him. Mm. Uh, the angels went down with him. Right. Down. So, so, so that's what happened with the music. Now, mm -hmm. in the scripture, and I got to make sure I got it right. I think it's J-Ad or J-Rab who was the first musician that the Bible mentions. Yes, yes. He's the mm -hmm. first musician that the Bible mentions in the scripture. Mm -hmm. God always, I'm sure how important music is, mm -hmm. and how the devil re re regret, he regrets he messed up. That's wow. why he pulled Jesus down in the wilderness, and that's why he attacks the believers now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you how important music is, Sister Sheila. Mm -hmm. Just how important it is. Right now in heaven, music is going on. Wow. Yes, there will be no preaching in heaven. Mm. Say that again. But there will be music. Wow. You guys got to hear that. There's no preaching in heaven, but there will be music. And that's why we have the maestro with us on today. That is one of the awesome, awesome on stage is the name of his band. I don't know if you have your instrument close by you or not. But he, he has his instrument all the time with him when he travels. He has the microphones and everything. We're getting, we're almost ready to wrap up here, friends. I, I just want to thank you for listening. But I want you to be able to hear a snippet of this awesome instrument and the instrument that God has, uh, the gift that God has placed in him. Like I said, he's traveled all over the world singing, bringing his, bringing his music, not singing, I'm sorry, playing his music um, all over the world. The band is named On Stage, and he's internationally known. He's been all over the world playing. Um, this music has allowed people to enjoy the experience of this new sound 
that we call Jaspo. So we're going to have him just play us out. We want to thank you for listening. We're just about out of time. If you didn't hear this entire broadcast, please visit our website for more updates, more information. Please leave a comment at www.roadtoeternity.net. And as he plays us out, remember, you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Take it away, Pastor Tim. with on stage or just to be in contact with you um, to get more information at New Life Ministry? Sure. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on Twitter. On Facebook, I'm uh, Timothy D. Walker, the Hornblown Preacher fan page. On Twitter, I'm at Jospel Today. Twitter at Jospel Today. That's where I'm at on Twitter. And on Instagram, I'm on Instagram, the Hornblown Preacher. So you can get me through any one of those social media uh, 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 outlets. I'm there. I'm there. And also my music on all the digital outlets, uh, Amazon, uh, iTunes, Spotify. If you look up Timothy e. Walker, the Hornblown Preacher, I'm there. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much, Pastor Tim. And we'll be in contact with you because we love the music and and uh, he's also one of our musical directors as well <laughs> here with our company. So thank you so much and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.